Corinthians um, chapter 5, verse 16 to 19. Before I begin, let me pray. Dear gracious Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for how you speak through your word and you create new life through your word. Um, Lord, I pray that you would please teach us um, and show us what you have today to, to show us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16. From now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. This is God's word. Well, good morning, everyone. It's fantastic to see you all here today. My name's Iggy. I'm one of the pastors here at CPE Church, and particularly a, a special welcome to you if it's your first time joining us today. There's some of you here that might be here especially to celebrate Olivia's baptism, and it's uh, fantastic to have you. Or oh, if it's your first time visiting us, you found us online, or friends invited you, welcome. We hope you're encouraged today uh, by God's Word. Uh, we are here to celebrate Olivia's baptism, um, but before we do that, um, we're going to do something very special we're going to open up God's Word. We're going to be reminded of the faith that Olivia has. Uh, we're going to be reminded of the, the gospel, the reason that she's doing this thing that she is today. And I think this will be greatly encouraging for all of us and very, very good for our hearts today. So um, I'm so glad that you're here to join us as we gather as God's people. Um, as we start, I, I do have a bit of a, a guilty confession to make um, uh, about um, YouTube videos. Uh, Something that I really enjoy watching on YouTube, if this works, I don't know if this is working, boys. You might have to click for me next. Something I love watching is things getting fixed up on YouTube. Do you guys, do you guys like watching stuff like that? Hands up if you love watching stuff. Like and let me tell you, I'll, I'll be honest, I never search for these things. They just pop up on my front page somehow. I don't know why, um, but I love watching um, cars that are, you know, uh, been in a big crash and they get restored and they're, they're brand new. Thanks, Jack. Uh, I love watching um, really uh, deep, clean, deep, deep details of cars, you know, the dirtiest car they've ever found and then they detail it. It's like brand new. Uh, I love watching, it's always like some, somehow it's like World War II stuff and they find it, it's all rusted and then they clean it. It's just like perfect. I don't know, I don't know if that's real, but it's very satisfying. It's so satisfying to watch those videos, isn't it? When you see something which is old, which is broken down, which is rusted away, and it gets restored and it's made new. It's so satisfying. We really enjoy stuff like that. Well, at least I do. I know I do. Um, you know, it's like watching those before and after shots of like someone unfit, and then they become some muscle-bound person with a six-pack, and you're like, wow, that's amazing. Or um, upcycling furniture. Apparently, that's a thing now. You, you, you purposely try and find old stuff. It's very hipster, you know, you find old stuff, give it a paint, uh, a lick of paint and it's brand new, very satisfying. And renovating stuff, we love renovating stuff. The block, you know, watching some um, old building get transformed into this multi-million dollar property. Um, it's very satisfying, we really enjoy things like that. And I wonder if you've ever stopped to think, why do we like that stuff so much? Why do we love old stuff being made new? Why do we love stuff that's broken down 
being fixed up again. Why, why is that? Well, friends, I, I think we love seeing things made new. You guys might just have to click through, sorry. Click is not working. We love seeing things made new because I think it taps into a human desire in our hearts. I think it actually taps into something that we ha- all have within us. We have a desire for things to be beautiful, things to be lovely, things to be perfected. We have a desire for the glorious. When we see something old and broken, we all feel a sense of unease. We think to ourselves, there's something not right here. Yeah? This isn't as it should be. We want to we fix it. We want to restore it. We want to make it new. That's why we get so much joy when things are restored and fixed up again. And the reason I think that we have this desire is that God's put that desire in our heart. He's put that desire in our heart. Uh, he's made us in a way, He's actually made us to be discontent when we see things that are broken down, that are old, that are not as it should be. Because it points us to the fact that we were made for so much more. There should be something better here. This world is not as it should be. And I think the place where we feel that desire most acutely is with our own lives. I don't know about you, but if I'm honest with myself, there's so much in my life that I would love to be fixed up. So much that I'd love to change. Um, I wish I didn't waste another hour on social media again, <laughs> scrolling mindlessly while I could have been spending time with my family. I wish I didn't lose patience with my kids over and over again and just shout at them in anger, in frustration, and then regret it afterwards. I wish I didn't care so much about whether people like me or not, but I do. <laughs> and that's just getting started. I wonder, what do you wish you could change about yourself? Now, friends, I'm not saying this to be, you know, to encourage you to be self-loathing or negative or anything like this. I I don't think we should define ourselves by our shortcomings, but I do think that we need to be honest. I think think there should be a right discontentment um, when we do things that we know we shouldn't be doing or things that we don't want to be doing. And there's, there's things in our life that, you know, we just keep going back to. We can't break the cycle of, Um, doing the things that we know aren't helpful. When we're discontent with those things, I think that's a good thing because God's put that there. God's put that there. You see, friends, um, there's a spiritual reality that we need to grapple with as we look at ourselves. But it all starts with actually seeing things rightly. Seeing things rightly. We're going to be looking at a part of the Bible written by an early missionary, an early church planner, a pastor called the Apostle Paul. Um, he's, written, he's writing to some Christians in a city called Corinth and in, around Greece in about AD 53. And listen to what he says. It's coming up on the side. 2 Corinthians 5.16 says this. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. What Paul is saying here, the Apostle Paul is saying, is that there's two ways to see things. You can see things from a worldly point of view or you can see things from a spiritual point of view, okay? There's two ways to do it, a worldly point of view or a spiritual point of view. When we see people, when we see our world, when we, when we look at people from a worldly point of view, this is what we see. we see. We see the outside. We see the external. We see the car someone drives. We see the job someone has. We see the clothes they wear. Um, and you might come to a conclusion about that person. Hey, this person's got it all together. This person's pretty successful. This person's life is good. But if you have a spiritual point of view, 
you get to see something much more. You get to see something deeper. You get to see people's hearts. And that's when you see reality. Who here has ever been to a 3D movie before? Hands up. If you've been to a 3D movie before. I think it's something like that's for older people. Like, uh, the 3D movies still exist. I don't know if they still exist. So all the young people are like, what's a 3D movie? You, you, you don't know what's going on. Yeah, that's all right. Um, I used to love going to these things, uh, 3D movies. Um, you, when you walk in to a 3D movie um, without 3D glasses on, you, and you first, I don't know if you tried doing that, or you look at the screen, uh, you might be wondering what you're looking at. It's blurry, nothing's in focus, it's definitely not 3D. Uh, you see a general picture of what things are like, but it's very distorted. But when you put the 3D glasses on, wow, man, that's amazing. Um, the birds look like they're flying out of the screen, you know, someone throws a ball at you and then you duck. Well, that's what I did. I don't know if anyone else does that. Um, you know, everything's so sharp and vibrant and comes to life. You see things that you never saw before. And that's sort of like what it's like when God gives you spiritual glasses to put on, right? You no longer just have a worldly point of view, see things in a flat one dimension, seeing just the surface of things. You have a brand new spiritual point of view. You can see things how they really are. Things come clear, they come in focus. And the firstly, you, you look at people, you look at yourself, and you realize that what matters as you look through these spiritual lenses is not how beautiful your face is, but how beautiful your heart is. And let's be honest, it's not pretty. We, if we are honest with ourselves, we look deep down, we're all inherently selfish. We think the world revolves around us, that's why we get upset when things don't go according to our plans. We get annoyed when people get in the way of our agenda and things don't work out exactly the way we want it to work. We may look good on the outside, but really our hearts are ugly. If I said to you today that um, I actually had a YouTube video of your life, um, I was going to show it on the screen uh, today, uh, not just everything that you've done, but everything that you've thought or ever said or done in private when no one's looking, and I was going to show that to everyone today. I wonder how you'd feel about that. Um, if you're anything like me, I'll do anything I could to stop that video being shown. That would be the last thing I would want anyone to see. Because I know what lives in my heart, the things that I'm capable of, the things I've thought, the things I've done. This heart condition is what the Bible calls sin. You might have heard that word before. Um, it means that instead of following God, God our creator, our king, we have decided to make ourselves king. We disobey him. We, or actually, we just completely ignore him. That's the first thing our spiritual glasses show us. That we have sin in our hearts. That we are broken. That we are not as it should be. That we need to be made new. We need to be restored. But they also show us something else. They show us something that makes us not groan in despair, but gasp in amazement as we watch and see the reality. They show us the path to restoration. And there's a verse uh, from verse 17 of 2 Corinthians that says this. It's coming up on the screen. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. There is a path to restoration. There is a way to be made new. This is an emphatic statement here that we see in this Bible passage. The old has gone. The new is here. The new has come. And how does this happen? Well, it's for anyone that's in Christ. Have you notice if anyone is in Christ? What, what's that mean? What well, means that for anyone who's come to Jesus, 
Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Messiah, the King, anyone who's come and humbled themselves and said, I don't want to live this life anymore, this life of sin. I don't don't want to keep being selfish. I don't want to keep hurting others. I need help. Please help me, Jesus. Anyone who's done that, when you do this, something very special happens. Reconciliation. Reconciliation. Uh, Verse 18, coming up on the screen, says this. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. See how often the word reconciliation comes up in those passages. This is a huge theme here. And the thing to note here is that Jesus, he reconciles us back to God our Father. He brings us back to God our Father. And let me tell you, there's nothing, nothing better than this. Nothing sweeter than reconciliation. Now, I've been married to my wife, uh, Li Ching, for coming up to 14 years, I believe. I think that's right. She's, I'm trying to get confirmation from her. Yes, <laughs> uh, soon. Um, I know it's, and I know this is a big surprise. I'm going to tell you a big shock, okay? Um, our marriage isn't perfect, okay? Shocking, shocking news. Sometimes we have fights. We have arguments. We have disagreements. And let me tell you something. I hate that. I really do. I hate that. There's nothing worse than having a relationship that's broken down. For those of you who've been in conflict, who've had that happen, you know what I'm talking about. There's nothing worse than that. That separation that comes between us. I'm sure you might have experienced that with a spouse, a friend, a family member. It's very painful. But also let me tell you something. On the flip side, there's nothing greater, I think. There's no greater joy than when that relationship's healed again. Yeah? I hope you've experienced that. When our relationship is healed, when we can forgive each other, when we can come back together, when that relationship of love is restored, there is no greater joy than that. And friends, this is what Jesus gives us. He gives us reconciliation. Reconciliation. Because of our sin, it's coming up on the slide, there's a little diagram here. Because of our sin, this is our situation. We're separated from God. We're separated from God. We're in conflict with God. God made us, but we decided to tell Him to get out of our lives. We don't need you, God. Stay out of our lives. We put a wall of sin between us. We don't even realize it. But the way we live, what we do is shouting, we don't need you, God. Stay out of our life. But we don't realize that when this happens, what we're doing is we're living a broken, empty shell of the life that we were supposed to live. We're on the path of destruction. We were made for so much more, but that can only come when we're back in relationship with God. It can't come apart from Him. And this is where Jesus steps in. He sacrifices His life on the cross. Christians talk a lot about this cross, this thing called a cross. This is a symbol of salvation for us because Jesus, He went to the cross. He died on the cross as a sacrifice in our place where we should have died there. He paid the price for our sin, so He wipes our slate clean. Imagine that. Everything that you've done wrong, everything that you've thought wrong, wipe clean. Jesus is paid with that. And because of that, we can actually come back to God. We can be reconciled to God, our Father, once again. He gives us a, Jesus gives us a fresh start. Our relationship is healed. He's waiting to embrace us. God's waiting to embrace us now as a father embraces a long lost son or daughter. And we can come near again because Jesus has paid the price. 
When that happens, we're made new. If we can get the next slide, please, guys. Yeah. When that happens, we, we can be made new. We're reconnected to God. And He is the one with the power to change us. Have you ever um, been at home and you've tried to switch on one of your appliances, like your toaster, your, um, what else is a kettle, you know, TV, it just doesn't work, and you're like, oh, stupid thing's broken again. And then you go check and the plug's not plugged in, and you're like, oh, it's me, that's stupid. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't plug it in, I didn't plug it in. Um, I've done that multiple times, maybe more than you have. Um, you realize something's not plugged in, and you realize that's why it's not working. Well, that's what it's like to change your life apart from God. If you're not plugged into God, if you aren't connected to the, the one with the power to change you, it's impossible to change. Nothing will change in your life. If you want to change, a new, if you want to change your life, you want a fresh start, you want to be made new, you can't do that if you're not plugged into God. If you have any hope of real transformation, you need to tap into God's power, not your own. And when you do that, the old has gone, the new has come. This is the reality for every single Christian in this room, and this can be your reality too. If you don't yet know Christ, this can be yours. This is available to you. I'm talking about real change here, real change. And I'm not just talking about a better life here right now. That's thinking far too small. I'm talking about a new identity that secures your hope for eternity, your future. That's what I'm talking about. Friends, let me be clear. Um, When God makes us new, it doesn't mean that your life is perfect. It, It doesn't mean that you'll never sin again. You know, I'm a Christian. I confess to you a few of the things I still struggle with, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. I struggle with sin every day. But being made new means this. That sin, it doesn't have the power over me that it used to. It doesn't mean, I used to be absolutely helpless against sin. I couldn't, I couldn't help myself again. Now Christ's power in me enables me to fight and make progress against pride, against lust, against anger. This is what happens when we tap into God's power. But even better than that, being made new means this. That even when I do stumble and fall, even when I do sin, even when I'm discouraged, even when I'm feeling down and out, even when I feel distant from God, this doesn't change who I am. I am a new creation in Christ. This is my identity. And nothing will change that. My performance day by day doesn't change that. My sin or not doesn't change that. How good I am doesn't change that because it's all about what Christ has done for me. My identity is no longer a helpless sinner. My identity is a new creation in Christ. And I can acknowledge my sins without having it condemn me or crush me because Jesus has paid every single one of those sins. Friends, that's what happens when you become a new creation in Christ. I have forgiveness always. And I'm precious to him. I know nothing will change that. And that's something that every single one of you can have as well. Wouldn't you love to have that? A new identity. A hope that never changes. You can. Friends, my encouragement to you today is stop trying to fix yourself. You can't. Come to Jesus. Be reconnected back to God and you can be made new again. This is the good news of the gospel. And this is what we celebrate today as we witness Olivia's baptism. We're here to witness Olivia being dunked 
into this freezing cold water today. Sorry, Olivia. Why on earth would she do that? Why would she do that? I'll tell you why. Because she's been made new in Christ. And she wants to declare this to every single person she can. What's happening today is simply an outward sign of an inward reality of what's happened powerfully in Olivia's heart already, what God's already done. What, what's happening today is, um, you know, when you, when you put on your worldly glasses and you look at Olivia, you might think, oh, she's just a regular girl. I mean, she's really nice and stuff like that, but she's just a normal girl. But when we put on our spiritual glasses and we look at her, we see something amazing. She's a new creation in Christ. Her sins have been forgiven. She's been reconciled to God. And she's a child of the heavenly, our Heavenly Father forever. Nothing will change that. As she goes into the water today, it's a declaration that her old sinful self is gone. As she comes back out, it's a declaration that she has been made new, that she has new life. The old has gone. The new is here. Friends, she's doing this today to declare publicly that God has saved her. She wants to give Him glory and honor and praise like He deserves. But she's also doing this today because she wants everyone in this room to find the same joy and hope that she, knows, that she has. The joy that comes in being made new. You can have a fresh start. You can be restored. You can be made new if you come to Jesus. And that's good news of the gospel. Let me pray. Father God, we're so thankful. So thankful for our sister Olivia that we get to witness this uh, very momentous occasion today. She declares her faith and she declares what you've done in her life. But we're just so thankful that you've sent Jesus. That Jesus has come that he's died, he's risen again. And he's, when he does that, it's, it changes everything. He's given us the opportunity to be made new. We pray, if there's anyone here today, you might be working in their hearts that they may take a step towards you today, that they might want to find out more, that they might want to bow their knee, they might want to trust in Jesus and find this new life that brings hope for eternity. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, friends, we've heard a message about the